verse 7, and we will read responsively through verse 12. Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 7, we'll read these verses uh, responsively. I'll read the first verse, we'll read the second verse together, and so on. And shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. Matthew 2, verse 7. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And so I want you to look again, if you will, at, at uh, verse 11. Um, it says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And so we want to talk about that this morning. Uh, the wise men. What did the wise men do? They presented unto him gifts. They presented unto him gifts. We should learn from this. And uh, this is the way of uh, biblical reciprocation. We receive from God gifts. We give unto others. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd bless the message. Help us to understand the love of God, which passeth all knowledge, the length, the breadth, the height, and the depth. We pray that thou wouldst open our understanding of our enlightenment, that we would be aware that you didn't have to love us, but you did. For God is love. We pray that you'd help us to be constrained by the love of Christ and to understand receiving and giving to be vessels to take and to give to others, to be blessed and then to be a blessing to others, to be comforted and then to console others. Whatever you've entrusted us with, help us to learn from the wise men to present unto thee gifts. We yield your spirit. We pray that he would direct us as to what to say and how to say it, and that your good hand of blessing would be upon it, and you'd help us to preach and to hear the word. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. They presented unto him gifts. What I want to discuss this morning is a very important biblical principle. This is a law that governs God's uh, creation of the vessel. 
All of us are vessels, nothing else, nothing more. We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we will carry nothing out of this world with us. The old saying, you've never seen a U-Haul following a hearse to a cemetery, doesn't happen. Who are we? What are we? What is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of life? We're just a vessel, just like you would have like a blood vessel in your body. Within itself, it's nothing, but it provides a purpose. What does it do? It carries blood from one part to another. It is used to receive and then to transfer to somewhere else. So this is the law of receiving and giving. If we could see that's what we really are, that Jesus said, a man's life consisteth not in the things which he possesseth. That's not the meaning of life. That's not how you value a person's life in how much that they acquire or possess or any of their accomplishments or attainments. I love what Brother Hiles, his verse that he used to sign in his Bible, when if you asked him to sign your Bible, it was uh, Daniel 12, 3. They shall shine as the brightness of the firmament forever that turn many unto righteousness. To receive the light of God and to shine that light into the darkness of others. To receive the blessings from God, the benefits of God, the power of God, the way of God, and then to be used of God to give that to someone else. That is the meaning of life. So if we think about God, who is the Almighty, spoke something from nothing, hard for us to fathom in our human limitations, God is the giver of all things. All things. The Bible says that there is no variableness in the light nor shadow of His turning, and He has freely given unto us all things. It's really amazing. When you receive Christ as your Savior, you now are joint heirs with Christ. And God, because of the obedience of the Son, He learned obedience through suffering. He has been given all things. Now we are joint heirs with Christ. So the question I have is, God is the giver of all things, and He is. The creator of all things, and He is. What could we give to God that would make a difference? What could we do to be a blessing to Him? You know, when the Bible tells us we are to minister to the Lord, not just to people. We are to bless the Lord, the psalmist said. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. You know, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, If you preach the gospel to the lost, you will be witnesses unto me. You're witnessing unto Christ as you witness unto others. How can you give God anything who owns everything 
who made everything. The old saying, God owns the hills. He owns the gold in the hills. He owns the cattle on the hills. You can't give God anything. It's already His. Basically, what you're doing is, out of a heart of understanding and openness and being a vessel, you're just reciprocating. You are giving to the giver. There, I've given this illustration before. I don't know if it's true, but it's a good story. About the selfish businessman who'd never been to church and, uh, you know, a lot of people are like that. They don't come to church. They'll come one Sunday and the preacher will mention one thing. And then they'll say, that's all he talks about. You know, I've, I've been accused of that. Well, come to all of them and you'll get a better general uh, doctrine. But anyway, this guy happened to show up when the preacher was preaching on giving. No, he didn't. He preached on it once a year, maybe. And so he's preaching on the tithe that... The tithe is the Lord's. One-tenth of your gross income belongs to God. And it plainly says, if you don't give God what's His, you're a God robber. You, it's actually arm robbery. You're holding up Almighty God. You're taking that which belongs to Him. And so this selfish businessman, you know, the one time he showed up at church, he... Uh, he goes up to the preacher, and he goes, let me ask you something, reverend. He says, are you telling me that God wants my money? He said, no, I'm not telling you that at all. He said, I'm telling you, God wants your money. He wants your wallet. He wants all your credit cards in your wallet. He wants your bank accounts, your saving accounts. He wants your stock portfolio and all your real estate investment. God wants the pocket the wallet's in, and He wants the pants the pocket's in, and He wants beyond that. He wants the man in the pants. I know that's hard for some of us. He wants you. That's all God wants. God has everything. God needs nothing. If you truly love Him, what does it say in Proverbs 23? One of the greatest verses in the Bible. My son, give me thine heart. That's all He, he wants you. When the, when the Pharisees came trying to deceive and trick Christ with a, with a question, they said, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. God wants your heart. God wants you to think about Him. God wants you to feel after Him. God wants you to minister to Him. You know, I'd like to come this morning, and I know that I will not do this justice, but when's the last time we looked at life from God's viewpoint? Not our selfish viewpoint. Not me, my, mine. What can you do for me? What, this is, how does this involve me? When's the last time you really sat down in an honest, open way and asked, what is God getting out of my life? What does God expect from the creation? 
What does God deserve for my salvation that He gave me freely? You know, the, uh, this is the time of all the, the Christmas classics and uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman, all that stuff. My favorite one was always Little Drummer Boy. Always was. And I always felt sorry for him. His parents, I think, were murdered by wicked thieves, Arab thieves in the desert, and they stole his favorite pet. Man, there's, think what he went through. And he was then captured and forced to play by this big old guy who was an evil man. And I, I always loved it, that part where he just, I, I'll just play my best for him. That's all I've got. On my drum, when he comes. You may not think it was very good. I try to give him my best. You may not like it. It may not be better than other people. All God wants you to do is to do your best for him. The spirit of excellence. Now, I love what it says here. These wise men, they opened their treasures, the things they valued the most, and they presented, and that's a very important word, presented gifts unto Him. You know, that reminds me of Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's what God wants. God doesn't need our money, though it belongs to Him. God wants you. You know, why don't we come today and open up our treasures? You say, what do you have that's the most valuable thing in your life? It's not your money. It's you. It's your heart. It's your soul. It's your mind. So these wise men who... At the birth of Jesus Christ, they were so wise, they knew the prophecies. They knew the approximate time of the fulfillment of the prophecy. They knew to look for the star, and they followed that star. And when they found the baby Christ, what did they do? They opened their treasures, and they presented unto him gifts, frankincense, gold, and myrrh. You know what's an amazing, sad thing about this text? Herod was a jealous, wicked, murdering king. You know what he did right after this? He had it ordered that all the men, babies, two year, years old and younger were put to death because he had heard about the Messiah and the, the Jewish king of kings that was coming. And isn't it sad that the king was seeking the Christ more than the people were, but for the wrong reason. He was trying to find out. He said, you wise men, you go find him. And when you find him, you come and tell me where he is. And he lies and he said, I want to go worship him also. What was his real motive? He says, I'm going to kill him. And, you know, he was so wicked. I remember when we were uh, in Israel 
we went to Jericho, and it's well known. He was so evil, he had his own son drowned in the waters of Jericho to keep him from usurping the throne and uh, becoming the king. He was a, a wicked, evil man. Remember what happened to Herod in Acts 10. He was gloating and boasting when everybody was praising, and he was eaten by worms alive before their very... Uh, it's just hard to imagine when you think about that. So what could I give to him who needs nothing? You know, sometimes when uh, you're trying to find a, pre a Christmas present for somebody, you go, man, what can you buy somebody like that? And then you think about, well, they don't need anything. And they really, and, and I'll ask people, we've all done it, what do you want for Christmas? And then they'll say, some people say, well, here's my list. Thank you for asking. But then some people will say, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I don't, I don't want anything. I'm just glad to be alive. I don't need anything. The, the, those type of people are uh, hard to buy for. You know, that's what I call Hard to get a present for. So Proverbs 23, 26. My son, give me thine heart. Get, that's what God wants from us. Love, now notice this, true love is not a selfish infatuation of what can you do for me. That's not love at all. True love feels with compassion. The Bible says that Jesus, when He saw the multitudes, it, He had compassion. The Bible says when Paul saw the cities given over to idolatry, His spirit was stirred up. So true love feels, and so what does true love do about that true feeling? It always gives. It never takes. It never uses or abuses. Most famous verse in the Bible, probably John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He did what? He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Love considers. Love feels for the consideration. Love gives. So if you really summarize life, because we brought nothing into this world, it's certain we're taking nothing with us, is that we are nothing but a vessel. We are like a treasure. Will we be like the fool in Luke 12 who was rich already and he had a great harvest and he said, I will build bigger barns for all of my uh, harvest and resources. And Jesus said, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. It's not how much you have in the bank, though we'd like some in the bank. You know, you got to have money, but you cannot serve God and money, uh, unrighteous mammon. All we are is vessels. We receive. Now you have two choices. You can be like God, receive and give, receive and give, receive and give. Or you can be like the selfish hoarder, like the Dead Sea. 
So when the Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea, it has an inlet, has no outlet. So what does it become? Um, it's a very strange place. There's so much salt there that you're, you can float in. It's really amazing. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. You know why? Selfish Sea. You know why? Intaking Sea. No outlet. There's no flow of anything through the Dead Sea. And, and that's why most people, I hate to say it, they're a sponge. But you know what a sponge has? A saturation level. You know when you got a really good thick sponge and you can wipe something up and you don't have to wring it out yet? Oh, man, this, I can wipe something. It'll suck it up. Before long, though, you wipe and there's still water on the, t on the top. And you you got to wring it out. And, and most people, they're just like a sponge. What can you do for me? Who's going to give me something? Make me laugh. Make me feel better. Tell me a joke. Uh, what is it? Gimme, 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 gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I can't say. I wish I could say it faster. Gimme, 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 gimme. You say, well, I don't go around begging. Well, most people don't realize it. They're spiritual beggars. Encourage me. Lift me up. Make me feel better. Be a blessing to me. You know what the most important thing in your life is? And the conclusion of the, the matter and the, the, the whole point of this message this morning. If I were to ask you in a questionnaire, what is the most important need of your life? Need. You'd say, well, let me think that over. If you're a deep thinker, well, I need air. I need food and water. And I got to have money. I need. You know what your most important need is in life? Is to meet the need of somebody else. Well, you don't get any deeper than that. And if you will meet, if you'd go through life by being a need fulfiller, look for somebody to help. Look for somebody to get from God and give to them. Get from God and give to them. God would meet all your needs. You know, I you know that's in Philippians 4? It talks about the Philippians were the only church that communicated or gave to Paul. They gave him money. The Bible says, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. Uh, and the elder is worthy of double honor. They gave to him. So you know what he said? We always misquote that verse. We don't misquote it. We don't know the premise of it or the condition to claim the promise. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know why He's going to meet their need? They met Paul's needs. You know, Paul had to get a job making tents because the Corinthian churches and all these liberals were... Uh, hogging all the hogging. That's not very eloquent. They were uh, taking all the money. They, weren't, they were not giving. It was like, thank you. you know, and that's the way a lot of people, they're going around life like, what can I get from them? How can I take from them? What can they do for me? 
You know, and, and that's what's one of the big things. Why anger is such a bad problem these days? Resentment, hate, because they're going around going, make me feel better. What did you say? What are you looking at? You know, they're, they're looking for somebody to, to pick a fight and get angry and, and to uh, lash out at versus saying, hey, how you doing today? You having a rough day? I want to make you feel better. This isn't about me. This is about God. And if it's about God, who is the giver of all things, then I have to give as I receive, and you can't have one without the other. You know, I wish we'd start off this new year right of having a goal to be a blessing to somebody else, to encourage somebody else. Who can you help? What can you do to be a blessing? So when we think about Christmas, and, and I realize once again, we know that Jesus was not born on December 25th. Tamuz was born on. We know all that. But I'm just looking at this from the love of God, the birth of Christ, the life, the death of the Son of God for the sins of the world. Why is it that a lot of people are very discouraged and depressed this time of year? It's almost like that guy, bah humbug, bah humbug, you know. Some of you, that's, oh, that is my favorite show, uh, The Scrooge. But uh, why is it that it's like that? One of the reasons there's so much depression is because there is false expectations. So, you know, you think about it, the lights are on, Christmas at the college, trees, bright lights, candy canes. Uh, what's that? Peppermint, whatever it is. Mocha coffees, all this stuff comes out. Tinsel. And you build up to this crescendo, and then it's like, well, that's all there was? I mean, that's it? You know, it's like, it's like one time, once again, what can you buy that person? And it was like, I know what they'll like. I went, I went out of my way. I got them something. I opened their present, and they gave me some salt. <laughs> I can tell you some other wild ones, man. But, you know, and, and I know it's the thought that counts. It's like I heard this guy. He goes, I know what you're all going to do. Don't lie to me. You're going down to CVS or Walgreens to get all your stocking stuffers. You know, you do it because you have to. And you stuff, you know. You know what I'm talking about. But anyways. Did you do it because you... It's the thought that counts. Well, God wants it's your heart that counts. Do you love Him? Do you care about what God thinks? Well, I'm almost through, but why can't we just take some time and get alone with God and say, I love you. Thank you. You made me. You provide for me. You gave me life. You protect me. 
You sent your son to die for me. You make my heart beat. Every beat of my heart, God makes that happen. You let me breathe. You, you cause my mind, my faculties, my intellect to function, my awareness. Thank you. What, how's that song? What can I give him? I don't know how the song goes now. Give him all my heart. That's all he wants. Would you give him your heart? He gave you his son for God. And I think about it all the time. I don't have a son. I have a daughter. If you had one child, would you sacrifice your child for a bunch of people who hate you? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm being honest. I wouldn't give my only child for a world that would reject and kill them. No way. But God loves us that much. That's how much he loves us. So the Christmas spirit is the giving spirit. So I end with this simple illustration. Uh, way back, I used to bring a big wrap present to church with a, you know, a bow. I'm doing good to even wrap them and put a name tag on there, much less the ribbon and take the scissors and curl them and make a bow. Yeah, I, I can't buy the, even those stick-on bows. But anyway, uh, a box, and in this box is one box. It's everything that God wants to give you. In that box is everything. And if you were to open that box, it's full of other little, eternal, infinite, innumerable boxes inside that one big box. And you know what that one big box is? Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that if he gave us Jesus Christ, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? If you want all things, you got to get that one present. And if you reject that one present, you don't get any of all the things. Boy, it's an amazing thing. You just think about it. Eternal life, live forever, never die. Eternal riches in the worlds to come throughout eternity. Peace and joy and wisdom. All the other gifts God has for you are in that one package. And that one gift is Jesus Christ. If you receive Him, He'll give you everything else. If you reject Him, you will not receive anything else. The wise men, what did they do? They opened their treasures. And what did they do? They presented unto Him gifts. And what does the Bible tell us to do? Present your bodies a living sacrifice. What can I give Him? My heart. What can you give him? Your heart. He just wants you to love him. You know, isn't it sad when you ignore him? You're calloused, you're hardened, you get your feelings hurt, you're selfish, you're bitter. He just wants you to love him with all your heart. All right, let's pray. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I want you to think about it. Think about being a vessel.